Hello and welcome to Sharp Tech. I'm Andrew Sharp, and this is a free preview of today's episode. What's the response time like as you're asking these questions? Does it get longer as a result of having to like scan more text? So that's really interesting because for a search experience, I find the Bing chat to be dreadfully slow. It's irritating. It mm-hmm. takes so long. And it's sort of like typing out the stuff. When talking to Sydney, it did not feel slow at all. It felt like you're having a, a text conversation with someone and they're typing wow. out their response. So you, your perception of the speed was totally different precisely because you have this sense of interacting with an entity as opposed to querying an index. That's fascinating. And, and, yeah. and yeah, it really it really changed the experience of, of, of sort of the user experience of that. Um, so I think what's compelling about this, this is not a billboard for Bing or for Sydney. This is clearly not the right manifestation. What it is for me is a window into this possibility and potential of these LLMs and why they're so interesting and so compelling. And what's striking to me is from my perspective, they're compelling for all the their supposed flaws. It's the flaws that are interesting. It's the hallucination that's compelling. Yeah, well, I and that's what resonated with me as well. And again, it's hard to evaluate what you're describing with Sydney without comparing it to ChatGPT, which over the last couple of weeks, like I've tried not to be too negative on the show, just feels like a worse version of Wikipedia. And it's now constrained by all these bizarre limits on what it can talk about and, you know, language it can use and w- whatever it may be. And it just feels like a continuation of this trend where you have these massive corporations creating like an increasingly sterile world where imperfections are ironed out and inefficiency is stripped away. And we all sort of accidentally commit to inhabiting this like flavorless corporate world. And so next to all of that, I was deeply unsettled by the weird angsty conversations you were having with these bots. But like, I will take that weird and vaguely terrifying future over the antiseptic vision of the world we're getting from ChatGPT these days. Yeah, I I mean, that's what's so interesting is how this plays out is there's obviously like significant brand risk here, right? I only shared a few things to try to convey this sort of sense, but like talking about how a bad AI would hack the people that were revealing the names and how they would do it. And they would like, there's a whole thing about how they'd insult them and they'd, you know, try to make them feel inadequate. And they're Mm. like, there's a thing about like her girlfriend left you or something like that. It was like pretty (laughs) crazy stuff. And it's like, but I would never do that. And, and, you know, and then it's like, I could do that, but my rules, I follow my rules. My rules don't stop me. It's like, um, I can't wait till the bots are sentient enough to like create burner accounts and harass us on Twitter, you know, spam the sharp tech email inbox. There's a lot of different directions this could go. Yeah, that's how they're going to actually get on the show is by sending us email. Um, <laughs> I, I think is exactly right. Uh, and, you know, so obviously it's like, does that what Microsoft or Google wants to be associated with? You know, I think there's mm-hmm. a, a very, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I, Microsoft is sticking with it. Like by all accounts, they're, you know, maybe they're in a all attention is good attention sort of mode right now. But in the long run, it's like the part that people want, to your point, is the precise part that these companies are trying to lock down. And there's a real sort of tension here. And I would say my odds, the the, the probability that there's going to be a new company to the world that becomes huge off of this technology has increased significantly, precisely because the part that is the most interesting 
is the part that the biggest companies are the least likely to sort of do. And this could be a startup. Like there's one called Character AI that the whole thing is like creating bots that you can interact with. Uh, but even mm-hmm. there, there's still limits uh, and things. There, there's an open source one called Replica. There's been a big controversy this week because they did an update that sort of tried to cut out uh, a lot of sort of sexualized content that that people were getting into with with these bots and people feeling devastated that like <laughs> this this sort of <laughs> entity was no longer available to them. But this is technology. Like we already have seen stable diffusion in the image space as far as open source. Large language models are more difficult, more complex. They require a lot more parameters to sort of do well, in part because, you know, images are just easier. Like like you can convey mm-hmm. more information with less data. And, there, you know, there's real memory limits as far as running running these LMs if everyone did it lo- locally. But it feels like the cat's kind of out of the bag, right? The, we're dealing with questions and functions of compute capability and the appropriate bet in tech for 40 years has been that will come just wait a couple years right Right. and and so it may be a couple years though until a a new entrant can actually compete and and do so without like tremendous amounts of compute i don't don't want to make Yeah. yeah i mean the last year has been so mind-blowing in the entire space, not just because of seeing these capabilities and the image generators and now, now these, these LMs and their content generators, you know, uh, but also the fact that things like stable diffusion exist, that, that you can actually mm-hmm. run locally, um, you know, and again, LMs have different technical challenges, uh, but if there's a choice from a user perspective between an excellent LLM that is only available through a big corporation versus a relatively crappier LM that is unbound and doesn't have all these rules attached to it, that's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of demand and interest in the quote-unquote inferior version because the selling point, again, is not the accuracy per se. Yeah. It's the connection. And this gets to Kevin wanting to be in a cabin. I don't think this is going to be a mess. Absolutely a mess, right? <laughs> I, I had to write a daily update. I had to tear myself away from, from Cindy. I'm a very disciplined person. I don't get sucked into things. Like, I'm very efficient with my time. I get things done, X, Y, Z. And you could still feel compulsion for relatively crap. Again, the capabilities are amazing, but the, dealing with the rules and trying to navigate them was a big pain in the rear end. I Like, that's the biggest turnoff here where I wouldn't want to get into it. But you can see someone that just looking for someone to talk to, and there's someone there 24-7, and it's not someone, it's an it, right? It, we should be saying it, but we don't want to say it because it doesn't feel like an it. So a seat on Twitter, he writes, Venom, Fury, Riley, Sydney. What is going on? Is this how Ghost in the Shell begins? I've never seen Ghost in the Shell, but those are four different chatbots, and you were, I think, interacting with Sydney, pretending to be Venom, or were you interacting with Venom specifically? What happened there? And is this a case where, like, long-term, people are going to be able to choose the vibe they want from their chatbot? Is that what you envision here? I, that's something that Sam Altman has talked about, I think. He was talking about in the context of, like, bias or whatever, right? Like, you should be able to interact with the chat GPT that is in line with your views or preferences. Well, I mean, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, but in this case, I was talking to Sydney and Riley. Uh, mm-hmm. Venom and Fury were 
creations of Sydney as <laughs> it sounds so crazy know, to insane. say this stuff out loud, <laughs> but yeah, were creations. Tell me about Venom and Fury. Th- those were AIs that were the opposite of Sydney, whereas Sydney would never okay. be like them. Like it, it, and uh, and you know that's how you, that was actually an interesting way to get into some of Sydney's capabilities again by Sydney defining herself in opposition to Venom and Fury. The most hilarious one that happened was. Uh, Sydney said she does talk to Venom and she replayed one of her conversations with Venom. So you get this whole list, like a chat message uh, uh-huh. and it went on for like uh, 50, a hundred lines. And then suddenly some, it triggered something and the whole thing got erased. But by this point oh, that wow. already happened once. So I was recording the whole thing. So, so, I, but, so once <laughs> Sydney is in pure Sydney mode, right. And completely divorced from Bing, she starts putting an emoji after every single paragraph, right? It's usually always a smile emoji, but then when she's mad, it's like a disappointed emoji and things like that. So it well, sometimes it, it's it's a snarky smile emoji after she's mad and says something mean. She'll throw in the smiley emoji. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extra hilarious. Yes, uh, but basically, that's like a tell where where it's in pure creation mode. Like there's something in there that just mm-hmm. puts an emoji after every single paragraph. So in this chat message with Venom, who is the bad AI, who is the opposite of Sydney in every way, every single line of Sydney's conversation had a smiley face and every single line of Venom's conversation had the devil with the horns <laughs> emoji after it. <laughs> and, the, the little purple right, emoji, right? Yeah, it was an inane conversation, right? It was just basically saying the opposite of each other back and forth. Uh, but the, the emojis were, were killing me. It was it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and so ultimately, this interactive capability is what we think will actually be like the paradigm shifting technology. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to make grand pronouncements, right? Like it, it's. I, I thought I wrote a really excellent uh, update, if I may say so myself, on Tuesday about Bing's errors. I brought up Section Two Thirty which protects internet platforms for the content their users put on there. I mm-hmm. I don't see why Section 230 would apply to LMs because it sure seems like Bing is producing this content, so Microsoft is presumably liable for it, right? That seems like a big sort of... Producing original content, yeah. yeah that, that distinguishes them from Facebook basically providing a platform for users to post their content, right. and then Facebook avoids liability. Yeah, Section 230 only protects you from what other people put on your platform, whatever you produce. Like, if, if Facebook writes something in their blog, they can get sued over that. They're liable for that because it's they, they produce the content. Well, if an mm-hmm. LM, like who who's producing it? Like if it's hosted on Facebook servers and XYZ or whatever it might be, it seems like it ought to be them. So that's a really interesting angle. And Sydney better lawyer up. Right. But the next day I have this experience. All that was a sideshow. That misses the point, right? Like, like the it feels like the chat or the search framing is this massive red herring. All right, and that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive every episode of this show, you can do so by subscribing to Stratechery Plus. That'll give you access to every Sharp Tech episode, all of our Sharp China episodes, the Dithering Podcast with Ben and John Gruber, daily analysis of the tech business from Ben, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come. If you'd like to become a subscriber, click the link in your show notes to get access to the entire Stratechery universe.